Namaste. Today we are with Gautam and we are continuing a series of interviews on the teachings of Sai Baba and essentially living them in our everyday lives. So thank you Gautam once again for joining us. Thank you. And uh, this particular interview will be themed on a very important topic which is the difference between spiritual seekers, disciples and devotees. So Gautam, if I could just a few things I've observed essentially is many people come onto the spiritual path, even Sai Baba's, and then they'll jump from one teaching or one teacher to the other. And uh, you know, at the end of the journey, they stay committed to one master or one teaching, the devotees. Could you speak about these, this journey of the seeker to the devotee? from, you know, seeking to commitment to one master? Sure. Let me start at a tangent. I was asked at one talk by a gentleman who was in his late 50s. He said that he had, since the last 20-25 years, approached many spiritual practices. He said he did Reiki, Pranic Healing, Kriya Yoga, and so on and so forth, tried everything. So his question was, when will I know which is the path for me? When will I know where this journey ends? Now, firstly, the sheer fact that this question is there means it has not ended. But more importantly, do you know what it is that you're looking for? Because if I'm looking for something and then I find it, then I will know the journey is over. So many of us don't ask ourselves, what is it that we are looking for through these practices or teachings which we come across? So then what happens? We start acquiring practice after practice after practice, because that is the nature of the ego, to acquire, to add on to me, to add on more knowledge to me, more things to do, in this case, spiritual things. So, once you ask yourself, what is it that I am looking for, and you get the answer, then you will know what to look for, and when you find it, the journey is over. Now, this is where things become extremely simple for us because what everyone is looking for, whether they know it or not, is peace of mind. Now, once you know what it is you're looking for, let's say peace of mind, look back on all the practices you have done so far, they may have brought to you different dimensions of awareness, knowledge, etc. But did any one of them give you more peace than others? Ask yourself that question. And if your answer is, no, I am not at peace, I haven't found what I was looking for, continue the journey till you have found it, right? Now, in relation to your question, once I know 
that what is this teaching giving me that becomes my focus that becomes my resting place but if i don't know that i am not going to know how it is impacting my life now nisardatta maharaj when he was asked this question his answer was very simple he said do you get water by digging one deep well in one place or many shallow wells all over the field so what he was pointing to was staying with one teaching which gives you that peace and then resting in it living it breathing it so many of us don't allow ourselves this opportunity because the mind and its nature is such that it is to wander all over the place including spiritual wandering you see so then what happens is we are operating at just a certain level as you pointed out you know because a devotee is what a devotee is devoted to the teaching a seeker is one who may be just curious looking around has a taste of things is not sure is unsettled he's exploring they are both valid but the pointer here is not to be lost in the jungle of everything that is available they are masters are trying to say that when you stay focused on one which is giving you what you are looking for then to deepen it is what is required and how is it deepened in daily living not as a theory so these are important because otherwise you know your life can go by and an opportunity may come for example let's say a devotee of sai baba now he may be a true devotee okay but something may come along in his life or someone may come along and he gets a taste through that teacher or that teaching of the depth of peace which sai baba was referring to so he may have read it in a book but he has got an experience of it through somebody now the mind might say oh oh i must ignore this because sai baba is my guru but this representation of baba has come to give you the taste of that what is the taste when deep down something hits you you feel yes i have tasted that peace because everything is sai baba so we cannot compartmentalize that no this is not and yes this is we have to be open and receptive what happens is we tend to become dogmatic you know that only this is the truth but we have to be open and see how the teaching comes back to us through whichever form it may choose to that is when the journey is alive but we kind of deaden this journey restrict it by barricading certain things that no this is not supposed to be this way i am supposed to be this way there has to be a fluidity water is fluid it moves around the rocks it's not pushing the rocks out of the way our lives have to be fluid and the trust is that the river is led to the ocean where else will it go that is the journey of life so gautam you've raised a very important point 
that seeker at some stage will come to a teaching or a master where they experience peace. For example, they come to Sai Baba, they go to Shirdi, they experience Baba's grace and feel peace. But here it's also a pivotal point where they can either continue going, running from one teacher, teaching, book, sadhana to the next and keep wavering about or once they feel this peace and change, to stick to the master and the teachings. Could you speak a little bit about that specific point in their journey? See, this is again what we were talking about, you see, because it is only the wavering mind which which does not stay in one place. When you have tasted peace, be it through Baba's teachings or any teaching, right? You know what it is that you have tasted, right? Now, for example, if you are a goldsmith and your goal is to acquire gold, you are not going to be happy with silver, you are not going to be happy with copper. Gold is what you are going to be happy with, right? So that which gives you gold is what you are most happy with. Now, in spiritual life, the gold we are referring to is the peace of mind, right? Now, when you come across the teaching which gives you that peace, automatically you will not feel like going elsewhere. But if that teaching has not given you peace, then you will go. So that is why it is very crucial that once you get that taste, to stay with that because that has already brought you home. It is the wandering mind which goes all over the place. I will give you my own example. I met my teacher in the year 2000, beginning of 2000. And I felt that this has impacted my life. Now, over the course of the next 10 years, I met innumerable masters. I had the opportunity because I was in spiritual publishing, Plus, somehow I came across many spiritual masters on my journey and I enjoyed meeting all of them. I imbibed a lot from them. But every time I met them, I knew that my home was at the feet of my master because his teaching has impacted my life completely. So, I was happy to meet other teachers, but it was so clear that I had found my pond of peace. I automatically kept coming back there, you see. But if the mind does not know what it is looking for, it is going to be on this endless journey of going all over the place, you see. Now, another way to look at it is, If you have found your peace with Sai Baba's teachings, that doesn't mean you shut yourself off from what the world has to offer spiritually. But you know your resting place. You see, someone else can come along with a message of Sai Baba, which you have not discovered yet in your readings or understanding of Sai Baba. So you are open to that dimension also, because you know that you have found what you are looking for. So one can be very hard-lined about this, which I would say one has to look at if that is so. Because 
one has to be open. As Sai Baba himself says, everyone is an instrument of me. Means to be open and receptive. But let's say you are going to a particular living teacher today and you come across another living teacher. Okay? And now you are confused that is this my teacher or is that my teacher? That is the nature of the mind is to be confused. This confusion can go on and on. You may meet 10 more teachers because you don't know the criteria on which you are asking the question. But if you ask yourself that whose teaching is a validation of my life's experience, I can see the events in my life through the prism of that teaching and it makes total sense. And it shines a light on who I am and what has happened to me since childhood. You will get your answer. So it could be, let's say, the first teacher you met or it could be the second one. Deep down, you will know. So supposing you feel that the second teacher has really opened my eyes, it doesn't make the first teacher invalid because it's a journey. It's like someone asked my teacher, is it possible to have many gurus? And he said, yes, but at any one point in time, you will have one guru. That is the first thing. You can't have two gurus at the same time, right? But secondly, eventually you will know which is your guru. Supposing you have three, four, five you have met, there will be one who has taken you home. And at that time, the seeking ends. And that is when you settle into that teaching. So this is a very important pointer for devotees of any master that you have to be open because now you know what it is that you're looking for. And it is not a judgment on your relationship with the particular teacher if you happen to resonate with someone else more and at a more intimate and deeper level because it is your own personal journey. These are just milestones along the way. But it could be that you meet someone and you feel that now I am resting in peace and I don't want to travel any further. It could be. So that is how one should approach this. Then Gautam, about love for the master. As one is impacted by the teaching and the presence of a teacher, like for example, I have spent a lot of time with I and many masters, there develops a very sacred bond between you and the master, which in some cases then one almost forgets the teaching, forgets enlightenment, forgets wanting anything, but it's really like a pure bond of love. And you know, I wanted to talk to you about the aspect of where a devotee begins to care for the master and their well-being. You see, why does this happen? Because the master or the guru is none other than the higher self of the disciple. My mother has actually seen this visually where the higher self identifies with someone and it reflects back to the person. That is how the whole guru-disciple relationship comes into creation. There is no separation. It appears that there is a guru and a disciple. 
it appears that way but from the guru's point of view the guru does not see the disciple as separate from the guru it is the disciple which makes that distinction initially you see so what happens the nature of the relationship with your higher self is by default one of love and that love starts getting expressed in many ways not in the dualistic way of me and the other love which we are so used to this is truly the love of god where you feel so connected it's as if you are doing everything for your own self so if you are let's say close to a living teacher and helping him in his tasks that is one way it manifests for me it manifested in editing my books uh, the books of my teacher you know sitting with him going through it that was my way because that was my background so i could offer that skill set some people may not have that background but in what way this happens it's spontaneous it is not that one is doing something to offer seva or service or whatever it could be someone in a sai baba temple who's just taking care of the murti that's all he does morning to evening right that also is so beautiful because that is part of himself that is how it operates when one sees this it is called love in action because it is love of the beloved and that is a very intimate love it is very deep because it's not the love between two individuals that is why one would see that uh, in many cases where they are living masters you know there are people around them who are offering a kind of support service a network i am sure now for example in your case if you take your channel you must have encountered people from all over the world considering it's a youtube channel who are coming together and offering support in whatever way i wouldn't know because they have been moved by the teaching yes you see so ultimately you are only moved if you feel something within yourself see i'll give you this example you know someone had come to me saying how the teaching had really impacted them how i have changed their life etc etc and uh, so on okay but one thing we must bear in mind all of us which is the example i gave like before email you had the postman delivering letters home so teachers are like postmen they deliver a message to you and you read the message the message impacts your life right the teaching when you read it in this case impacts you the teacher is the messenger and the teacher himself or herself was given a similar message came across a teaching and what is the teacher doing because they were impacted so much it is out of love and compassion that they are passing it on and the message is an ancient message the same message is coming down through various lineages teachers and masters and being delivered 
at your doorstep. This is the grace of the masters, you see. So, when you read that letter and it impacts you, opens your eyes, then you feel like giving all of you to that, you see. And in that, you've already given yourself in terms of the teaching because it has impacted you and the form, the postman who delivered it, because you realize that he carried with him this very important teaching, right? So, it comes naturally to want to contribute. It cannot be a forced contribution. It has to come naturally, you know. So, this happens on its own. You cannot force it because it is only if you are truly deeply impacted that this spontaneous arising and giving will come up. Gautam, on this subject, uh, just on an ending note, for seekers who are at the beginning of their journey, would you say it's of utmost importance to remember and know this pointer that ultimately you have to settle down on one path, one master, one teaching, and if you're fortunate enough that God has put you at the feet of a great master, you surrender there. Yes, ultimately it is that, but provided you know what you are looking for. It comes back to that. Because you could be spending time at the feet of a master or with a certain teaching which is not delivering that to you. And it's just mechanical because someone has told you or something in your own mind tells you that I must stick to one path. But if it is not impacting you and your life, it may be time to move on. Correct. So once you find the peace, it impacts you, then stick to that. That's the crux. It is not even an option. You won't yourself move away. There is no doership involved. It, you will not feel the need to move out of that. Great. So, thank you so much, Gautam. And then there are more questions that are going to be posed to you. So, do stay tuned for the next episode as well. And uh, we'll pose a few more questions to Gautam. Thank you.